0: You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA legends, pros, and top instructors come to share their stories, insights, and tips. Now, back to you, Chris.
1: All right, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Ted Purdy. Let me remind you about Ted's background. He is from Phoenix, Arizona. played his college golf at the University of Arizona where he was a four-time All-Pac-10 selection and a three-time NCAA All-District selection. He was a third-team All-American in 1995, and he, along with his teammates Jason Gore, Jim Furyk, and several others on that wonderful team, won the 1992 NCAA National Championship. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, he was a University of Arizona Academic Champion Award winner three years in a row from 1992 to 1994. In 1995, Ted finished runner-up at the NCAA Finishing one stroke behind Auburn's Chick Spratlin. Ted beat, uh, beat Tiger Woods by six strokes at the 96 Arizona Ping Invitational. He's played in more competitive rounds than anyone in Arizona golf history. He was inducted into the Wildcats Hall of Fame in 2005, turned pro in 96. In 97, he won the Asian Masters Championship and was named Rookie of the Year on the Asian PGA Tour. He won once so far on the Web.com Tour at the 2003 First Tee Arkansas Classic and once on the PGA Tour at the 2005 Byron Nelson Classic. And I'm excited he's back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Ted, thanks for coming back on the show.
0: No, anytime. Thanks for the invite.
1: So, Ted, I saw you play not all that long ago at the Barbasol Championship back in July. So does this mean we might see more of you in the 2019 season? Well, I hope so. Uh, when you play poorly, they uh, they don't let you play anymore on the PGA
0: Tour. So um, I've kind of earned earn my fate, unfortunately. Um, I, I'm i planning on playing uh, in October uh, the Sanderson Farm and hopefully get in one or two in the, of the fall series events. Uh, so I'm still working at it. If Tiger's made his comeback. It, I, he's kind of inspired me, so hopefully I come back as well. There you go.
1: So ha- yeah. have you missed being out there on tour, Ted?
0: Oh yeah, I mean it's the PGA Tour. I I tell everybody I'm I'm living the dream. I I'm a PGA Tour winner, and uh, they can never take that away from me. And um, yeah, being being on the PGA Tour is the uh, is, is the place to be for sure.
1: And Ted, I wanted to get your reaction to today's announcement regarding the changes to the FedEx Cup for next season, in particular. The change to a sort of a strokes play-based reward system where the FedEx Cup leader coming into the Tour Championship here at Eastlake is going to start the event 10-under par. Second place person will be at 8-under, third place 7-under, and so on. Do you think that's a better way to handle things in order to be sure that the winner of the Tour Championship also is the winner of the FedEx Cup? Um, I
0: I do just because since 2007, since they created the FedEx Cup, um, even the players don't understand it and don't understand the point system. I, I mean, we get points and and the the leaders would shuffle all day long. You're watching it on TV. You're watching Tour Championship on TV, and and one player is up and is going to win the FedEx Cup, and two holes later, a totally different person, just because of the complexity of the point system. The players didn't understand it. The I don't think the spectators understood what was going on, Um, so you lost a lot of drama just because of the complexity of the of the system. This is a, I think, a brilliant way to make it. You know, it's just black and white. On Thursday, on Thursday, the guy ahead has a ten-shot lead, and uh, let's see if he can hold on. Um, I think it's a great way
1: to do it. Um, yeah, the, the only concern that I have is sort of like what we're seeing right now where, you know, Bryson has got such a, a large, you know, point lead, if you will, right? He's got such a large point mm-hmm. lead. It seems like it it should be more than a two-stroke differential. I You know, hey, if they came up with some mathematical equation, and I, and I heard them talking today about how they sort of ran everything by guys at MIT to make sure that, you know, the equations and the, the formulas seemed right, I would just wonder if it, if it could slide up and down a little bit so that if the guy coming in in first has done what Bryson's done, right? He's won two tournaments coming into this thing. And, you know, if, if it happened to be that, you know, if someone got on a roll and won two or three tournaments and had a really large lead in the points, because I think this only counts, you know, this stroke play is only going to be for the tour championship, not for the other events in the playoff. But if a guy had a really huge lead, to, to see it only be a two-stroke lead going in, doesn't seem quite as fair to me. but I'm really interested to see what what you know what you and and the players think about how fair that is, and, and maybe maybe to your point, is, is the upside is at least we can get our minds wrapped around how it works. Because if they didn't to this point, I could see where the guys would be like anything is better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think anything is better to be honest with you. And the it'll I'm sure they'll adjust, you know, for the for the 2020 season. So if it, if it doesn't seem like the Points are the way those should be. Then I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll adjust again. But this is definitely a more I think a, a simpler concept. More more people are going to understand it. But the fans are going to probably embrace it more energetically. Like um, I think it's I think they had to do something because for the last 11 years nobody really knew or could understand it. And I think honestly, if you look back, there were players that had big leads going into the final tournament. And uh, the person who win the final tournament would win the FedEx Cup. So that's the system's worked that way for a long time. For the, at least the last 11 years, there have been people with big leads that have not won the FedEx Cup. And Ted,
1: you know, they also added a, a $10 million bonus for the top 10 finishers during the regular season. So you're going to have sort of a, a regular season champ um and money's always all right always a great incentive but do you think this this sort of you know bonus this 10 million dollar bonus 2 million to the guy who wins the regular season is going to get players to play in in more events to try to get to that bonus or is you know sort of off the golf course if you will is trying to put together your schedule for the year and other commitments that you've got off the golf course does that make it challenging to try to put together even add even one more event to what you did the previous year?
0: Well, I think most of the guys, um, because of the, the new system, the new FedEx Cup, most guys play about the same amount of events. I mean, Tiger was always a rarity because he, he played the minimum. He played 15 events, but most guys pretty much played the 25 to 30 events a year. And, um, to, I I don't think it's going to change people's schedules. I don't think it's going to um, add. Tiger's probably not going to add tournaments to his schedule. I don't think it'll make much of a difference on um, on people's schedule. It tells you the 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 extra ten million dollar bonus tells you this how the PGA Tour how healthy the PGA Tour is and how you know professional golf in general is just uh, is doing amazing. So the fact that they keep coming up with ways to make the guys richer is uh, is uh, why I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world and have been a part and, and still am a part of the PGA Tour.
1: That's something else that uh, we have to look forward to are a whole bunch of rules changes that are going to go into effect in January. When you've looked over some of those new rules, anything come to you, leap out, at, 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 leap out to you and say, you know what, thank God this thing is long overdue to change.
0: Yeah, I think just in general, that anytime you decriminalize things, it makes the game more fun, more easier to understand. Um, nothing really jumps out to me, but uh, anytime we decriminalize the the system, the better.
1: And Ted, one of one of the things that I've wondered, you know, to me, the the, the inability to repair a spike mark on a green is something that's never made any sense to me. Did Have you ever run into a situation, college, you're out on tour, where a spike mark or a rule like that you know, in, negatively impacted you? Like, boy, if I could have fixed that spike mark, that putt might have gone in.
0: Oh, yeah. We've all had that. I mean, you, you have these four or five footers, and that's where everybody walks around the hole. Um, nowadays, with the invention of the soft spike, uh, we don't have as many spike marks as we used to have obviously um there's still quite a few guys on the pga tour that wear spikes but um the greens now are so good and the 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 way they maintain the greens and the advent of the soft spike we don't have as many but as many spike marks um but i think everybody that's played the game has always has had one affect a a short putt because you know around the hole is where everybody walks and as Dave Peltz said, he calls it the lumpy lumpy donut. You're just going to get, you're going to have some bad luck like that. And it's great that we can now uh, hopefully repair that kind of kind of a obstacle. Has
1: the has the tour at all discouraged guys from wearing metal spikes, or is it just sort of a in, Hey, if you want to wear them, fine. If not, you know, you go, you obviously go the, the soft spike route. But I would I would I would have thought by now the tour would have discouraged you know metal spikes.
0: Uh, no, the tour doesn't discourage it. I think they're harder to find nowadays. <laughs> if you, if you go into the shoe room and need some extra spikes, they might have to, they might have to get on eBay, but, um, but, but no, it doesn't, it, they don't discourage anything we do. Um, we're all independent contractors. You know, they'll, they'll make a rule, make sense, and we all have to abide by it, but, but, they try to kind of stay about out of our way. If, if we think we make more birdies with, with metal spikes, then they'll let us wear them. They don't discourage that.
1: Ted, switching gears a little bit, I was wondering who who are some of the guys out on tour that you really enjoy getting to, whether it's play a practice round with or even during a tournament for that matter? Who are some of the guys you really look forward to playing with?
0: Well, I, you know, I'm one of the older guys, so um, (laughs) I'd say I'm one of the old fat guys now, but uh, just (laughs) the the game of golf really. if you watch it on TV or you play golf with uh, with anybody, that's why it's it's such a great business tool. Um, there's a famous line somebody said that golf is the elevation of every occupation, and it's because you really get to know the person that you're playing with because of this crazy game we play. And it causes emotions, and it causes us stress, and it and how we we uh, deal with that um, affects the people around us and the if you just were watching it on TV, you'd go, hey, Freddie Couples looks like a really fun guy to play with. Well, by the way, he's a great guy to play with for two reasons. His tempo is so fluid and beautiful that you kind of absorb it through osmosis, his osmosis, his rhythm. And uh, um, But he's also a great guy. He um, is encouraging to the people he plays with. He's, uh, the fans absolutely adore him. Um, Freddie would be the first guy, you know, I, I would say I'd like to uh, play with, um, and obviously, like Ernie Alves, same kind of thing for me, I like love playing with Ernie, because he's a great guy, he, he's fun, he, uh, but it's his rhythm, his temperament, and his golf swing, when you, when you're playing with, um, somebody with that kind of, um, cadence or tempo, it just, it, it sure makes me play better, um. Uh, you know, another great guy, just because I think he's great, is Timmy Heron. Um, I grew up, I was roommates with Jason Gore. I love playing with my r- old roommate, Jason Gore. And um, Anyway, so that's, that's kind of the guys I like to play with. Mm-hmm.
1: And Ted, having played big-time college golf, and then obviously out on you know escalating through the different tours—the Asian Tour, the Web.com Tour, and ultimately the PGA Tour—how did you get used to playing in front of larger and larger and larger crowds? Because I know you know you played you know against Tiger many times in college. You played obviously with him on the PGA Tour. How did how did you get you know sort of acclimated? To all of a sudden, from tens of fans to hundreds of fans to thousands of fans to tens of thousands of fans lining every fairway, every tee box, every green you played,
0: kind of I hate to say, it, we're kind of like junkies um once you get the taste of that you, you just want it more and more and um and you want to get in the hunt more because uh because of the energy that you're getting from the crowd um you know, I used to say, you know, I'd play, you know, I'd play in a major and I'd be at the British Open and then the next week we'd, we'd, um, we'd be at the Canadian Open, for example. And you almost felt like there was a letdown at the Canadian Open because it's not the British Open. But the Canadian Open is still amazing. So, um, yeah, we just, it's just a, a thing that we actually, I actually just thrive on. I think Tiger thrives on it, obviously. And, um, the other good players out there, if, if we didn't, you would probably drive you crazy. And that's why some guys just don't make it because there is a lot of attention and people don't like playing golf in front of people, other, you know, big crowds. And, um, you know, that's a fine line between there's a lot of amazing golfers out there in the world. A lot of amazing young pros that are trying to make it, and um, and there's just something about the guys that do make it. They, they they thrive on the 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 bigger crowds and the more attention.
1: At, at what point in your career, Ted, did did you no longer? I mean, I, I guess lack of a better term or phrase, did you no longer notice them? Did it no longer become? You know the idea that you got tens of thousands of eyes watching you, and the noise, and the people talking. At what point did it sort of just drift off into the background?
0: I think it happens pretty quick. I I, I think you get used to it. In fact, you 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 hope you have more people around you because it means you're playing well. Um, you know when you when you're hitting a ball, and honestly, when you're hitting a ball into a green that's surrounded with spectators, your ball can't get that far away from the green because it's going to hit somebody. Um, that's why I said that, you know, Tiger and um, Arnold Palmer, man, they had, they had a big advantage because they, they hit it in the gallery and it potentially hit somebody in the head and get back in the fairway. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I say that in jest, but it is kind of true. Like my ball, because nobody's watching me play, I'd hit it over the green and shoot it go 30, 40 yards Tiger misses a green and it ends up, you know, he's still around the green because it hits somebody's foot. But, um, yeah, the more people around, the better. And it, you get over it pretty quick. I mean, Donnie Hammond, he'll tell you in a couple of minutes the same thing. You get over it pretty quick. In fact, you want it. You, you're kind of, you're hoping for it, um, for a lot of reasons.
1: And Ted, you, you mentioned Mr. Palmer's name, and I was curious. Have, have you had an opportunity to to sit down with some of the legends of the game, like a Mr. Palmer or, and, or Nicholas or a player, and 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 pick their brains, get some tips, maybe a playing lesson, something along those lines? Did you get an opportunity to be with some some of those guys?
0: Yeah, all of the above. Um, that's the thing about golf; it, it's not a. I mean, there's just not a lot of us out there. Um, you know, 125 a year, 150 guys a year. And if you play in uh, the Memorial, Mr. Nicholas meets everybody and um, and likes to sit down and talk to everybody. And he's always got um, words of encouragement and, you know, wisdom that you can get from the front line. uh When I was or at Bay Hill on Arnie's tournament, um, a couple of years, Arnie asked me to to host the uh, pro-am party where him and I would get up on stage and I'd go through the the rules and tell a joke or two. And and um, and what was funny is uh, I had made up to that point and uh, up to the point of Arnie's tournament, I had made a million over a million bucks that year. And uh, I got up on stage and I said, "Well." Uh, thank you, Mr. Palmer, because in the last four or five months I've made a million dollars and I surpassed your career earnings. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, and it's just you know, it's hard to believe that Arnold I, I could uh, uh, surpass Arnold Palmer's career earnings in a few months on the PGA Tour. So, yeah, uh, pretty That's incredible, crazy. yeah.
1: Ted, a couple more before we let you go, and I want to kind of go back into some of the things that uh, that you were able to be a part of earlier in your career. And, and you got to play in the Masters in 2006. So before we talk about the tournament proper, did you get an opportunity, did you get to play in the Par 3 tournament that year?
0: At the Masters? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I played in two Masters. Um, uh, I get, played in the, you know, you, you do all the traditional things, the pros, the, Par 3 tournament, and um, I never played it very well in it, but, uh, yeah, I did it all.
1: So, yeah, I was curious, like, you know, I've I've walked that little Par 3 course several times, but, you know, teeing it up on there, it just, it seems like, you know, obviously... Gus National is what it is, and it's the dream for so many of us. But uh, I think that little par three contest, or the course, I should say, is something that is very underrated and underappreciated for the folks that don't get an opportunity to be out there and uh, and check out the par three on Wednesday. Just, for a moment, what's it like playing that little course? Well, it's it's maintained
0: at par with the rest of the course, or with the big course. I mean, it is just perfect condition. The greens are absolutely perfect. They've got a lot of, um, you know, water hazards and bunkers, and, um, and the galleries are, you're, the galleries on the part three tournament are basically, it's up and close and personal, and, um, there's a lot more interaction with the guys because so they're not stressed out about being playing in the Masters. They're just playing this part three. So everybody's signing autographs and having, um, joking with the crowd, the crowds uh so as a spectator it's probably probably from a fan engagement situation it's probably uh better than the real tournament
2: and ted in the regular tournament what's it like stepping on the first tee on thursday hearing your name called and then trying to hit that opening tee shot
0: so my first year i was uh it was actually, I had the first tee time, and I think they do that to rookies on purpose. But, um, <laughs> but, so I, I've got the eight o'clock tee time. Well, they open the gates at eight o'clock. So I'm standing on the tee. I get my name. Well, it's right after the, um, the big ceremony that where Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer hit the shot off the tee, and they open the gates at eight o'clock. Well, they open those gates, and the the fans are running, rushing to find their because if they set their chairs down, for like on 18 green, if you set your chair down on 18 green and leave, your chair will be there the rest of the day. Nobody moves it. Nobody touches it. It's your chair. You got there first. And you can go up to the bathroom. Nobody's going to move it. You can go get a, a cheese sandwich, and your, your chair is going to be there. So people at the Masters are running full sprint to find their, their spot on 16 green or 18 green or 13 around the par fives or whatever. So there's this mad dash for the the gallery members to get to their spots. Well, then they say, you know, Ted Purdy, Phoenix, Arizona, play away. And um, it's just the greatest, you know, it's one of the greatest moments of of any professional's life, teeing off on the first tee at Augusta National and the Masters.
2: Ted, before we let you go, remind our listeners how they can stay up to date with the things that you're doing, whether it's online or it's on social media.
0: Well, I'm at uh, Ted Purdy and Twitter, and um, that's probably the easiest way. I tweet every once in a while, but not very often. I unfortunately don't have a lot going on, but hopefully, we've got a lot to tweet again, that again in the in the fall.
2: Well, Ted, I look forward to seeing your name up on leaderboards and following you in the 2019 wraparound season. I can't thank you enough for coming back and being part of the show tonight. I always have so much fun when I get the opportunity to spend some time with you.
0: Well, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. All
2: right, Ted, take care. All the best to you and your family. Thank you. That's Ted Purdy, and he spells his last name P-U-R-D-Y, so at Ted Purdy. On Twitter and uh, I highly encourage you go look him up. Ted had as successful a college career as you're going to find and again went up against Tiger Woods head-to-head when uh, Tiger was at Stanford and uh, won a couple of those events so Ted uh, had a great career there obviously a member of the Wildcats Hall of Fame and we certainly look forward to watching Ted out on tour this uh, this coming season and keeping up to date with all the great things he's doing and having him back on the show again real soon.